Good afternoon, and welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Will Murphy, filling in for our usual host, Herald Times editor Bob Salzberg. And there are two folks in the studio with me, as ever, Mary Catherine Carmichael, the ever-loyal co-host. As ever, but not last week. (laughs) (laughs) More often than not. Yeah, there we go. The more often than not, that's it. (laughs) And also in the studio with us is Andrew Libby. He's the executive director of a newly formed group in Bloomington called Communities United to Strengthen America. We have a lot to talk about this hour, and we'll get to it in just a moment, but let me mention some phone numbers first. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can call 855-0811. Toll free outside the Bloomington area, the number is 877-285-9348. And if you're uh, listening to us on the web and uh, are near an email account, the email address for any comments and questions is noon at indiana.edu. Andrew, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Now, let's just uh, start from the very basics. For folks who may not have heard of your organization yet, what is Communities United to Strengthen America? Communities United to Strengthen America is a nonprofit, nonpartisan political issues advocacy group. And our mission is focused around informing and educating the Bloomington community and the Bloomington middle class about issues that we think are important to their economic self-interest. And those issues are uh, quality, affordable health care, retirement security, and a larger umbrella category that we call economic prosperity. And that can range from everything from uh, gas prices at the pump to paying for college tuition uh, to paying your taxes. That's not too much to ask. <laughs> yeah. Right, we've set ourselves a very big agenda. What was the catalyst uh, for forming this group and who are, who are the individuals behind it? Uh, the catalyst for forming this group is uh, the idea that legislative policies in Washington uh, are not working in the economic interests of the middle class. And we think that that is true across the country, but we're particularly interested in thinking about that in uh, the Bloomington area. Uh, for a number of reasons. They did some uh, polling earlier before they established the Community Resource Center. And if you wouldn't mind, I'd quote a couple statistics from these polls that they did last year. Um, the Bloomington income per job is one of the lowest in the state. In a comparison of Indiana's metro areas in 2003, Bloomington ranked second to last with an average of $32,016. Also in Bloomington, the average living expenses for basic needs like housing, food, taxes, and transportation for a two-parent, two-child family is $40,428, which leaves little room for savings and vacations and emergencies. Um, And As I see around me, there are all sorts of people in this community who are living paycheck to paycheck and having trouble paying for rising gas prices or saving for college tuition um, or being able to account for uh, higher uh, rising uh, health insurance coverage. So part of the reason that Communities United was formed was to respond to these kinds of economic needs. The uh, idea came from uh, Washington. The seed money came from AFSCME, which is the American Federation of uh, State, County, and Municipal Employees. But Communities United receives its funding from a whole range of sources, a lot of private uh, individuals and philanthropic uh, organizations. Okay. Um, And I understand that that it's a specifically targeted series of of, – centers across the Midwest. There are like 13 of these uh, groups across the Midwest. Is that right? Right. There are uh, right now up and operational about 12 community resource centers, but they're from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast. And there are four in the Midwest and three in Indiana. There's one in South Bend that opened a few months ago. Um, And then the one in Bloomington is opening now as we speak. We're going to have an open house on Tuesday, June 27th. And there will also uh, be a community resource center opening in Evansville. Now, why, if you've got four in the Midwest, why are three of those in Indiana? I think that one of the reasons that Indiana uh, has three community resource centers and is an established site for Communities United is because this is a red-hot political district. And I think that there is uh, a a really interesting public debate going on about uh, economic priorities as they come down from Washington and as they affect local citizens. And as any uh, watcher of Congress will, will tell you, 
Uh, the way to be able to exert some kind of leverage or some power or some influence is to get involved in the political process. And so in an area like Bloomington, where there is an interesting uh, congressional race going on, uh, this seems like a, an appropriate place for Communities United to advocate about the issues that are important for us. So you've got three offices in Bloomington, one in South Bend, one Evansville, one here. That means Chicola's district, uh, Soudrill's district, and Hostetler's district, the, what, that's second, eighth, and ninth? Yeah, that's right. And the Democrats in that race are going to be, what, Donnelly? Is that right, against Chicola? I don't remember. I don't, I'm not sure. And then Hostetler and uh, um, Ellsworth out of Evansville and uh, Soudrill in here, here in the ninth district. Are you going to advocate for one of the other candidates in these races? We are not going to advocate for a particular candidate or a particular party for a number of reasons. Um, one is that we are a 501c4 organization. That means that we are a nonpartisan issues advocacy group. So it would be illegal. We would be breaking the law if we endorsed a particular candidate or a particular party. But uh, in, in, in the larger question as to the spirit of the law, we're not interested in that. There are political organizations, uh, mainly their tax status is 527s. And you can think about organizations like MoveOn.org or Swift Boat Veterans for Truth. And they are the kinds of organizations that would want to endorse a particular party or a particular candidate. Um, and I think they have an important function in the American political process. We are not them. Uh, we want to stay focused on issues advocacy. And while the Republicans are in power right now, we want to focus our attention on them and make sure that they're accountable to the interests of what we see as middle class economic interests. If the Democrats were to be in power, we would want to hold them accountable as well. And that's what makes us nonpartisan. So what kind of action will this issue's advocacy take? Uh, we have a, a, a strategy that's sort of two-pronged. One of the things that we want to do is do some community outreach. And we have two community outreach coordinators. And what they do is they're going around to neighborhoods in, in Bloomington. And they're mm -hmm. doing this right now as we speak. They started yesterday. Um, and they're asking people questions, questions like in terms of local economic issues, what's most important to you? Um, in terms of national economic issues, what's most important to you? And we're compiling these results. And as a response to these results, what we'd like to do at our community resource center is establish community education events um, in which we respond to the questions and the needs of the community as we see the, them arising through our, our canvassing and our outreach. Uh, I can give two examples of the kind of community uh, education events we'd like to host. One is based on what happened in South Bend recently. The, uh, the Communities United Resource Center up there had an idea that people were being affected and concerned about rising gas prices. So they hosted a community education event in which they invited a speaker from the university there uh, to talk about how oil markets work and why prices fluctuate. And then what they did is they invited a mechanic in and they said to the mechanic, please tell people 10 concrete specific steps that they can do. Uh, to make their lives more fuel efficient, their cars more fuel efficient, everything from changing the oil to banging out the uh, air filter to pumping up the tires. So to me, that's the perfect notion of a community education event. You get people to see the big picture, but you also give them concrete steps uh, for improving their life. We have a plan for our first community education event, which we're scheduling for July 12th. And uh, it is going to deal with the question of health care. Uh, we have partnered with Hoosiers for a Common Sense Health Plan, which is a terrific organization. And they've agreed to show a film called Big Money, Big Pharma at our Community Resource Center. And we're really excited about that. After that, we're going to have a discussion about uh, health care, about the single-payer coverage plan that they are advocating for, um, as well as entertain all kinds of questions and discussions. And it's going to be facilitated by uh, the Health Projects Coordinator at the City of Bloomington, Nancy Woolery. So, for me, that's my understanding of what the specific benefit to the Bloomington community of Communities United will be, that we will find out what is concerning people, and then we will try to be creative and adaptive and flexible and figure out ways to respond to that. Now, you set up this meeting for July 12th. Was just 
Was this based on any data or did you just uh, uh, sort of just think this is a good place to start with, with healthcare? Well, we have a timeline that we're looking at. And our first event is, as I mentioned earlier, an open house. We've just been trying to set up shop to get our feet wet, to figure out what's going on in the community and to start our canvassing and outreach. Um, we're very excited for our open house, which is, again, going to be on June 27th. And Mayor Mark Cruzan is going to speak at 1.30. Um, after that, we decided that we probably wouldn't host a community education event on the July 4th week because people will be vacationing and mm-hmm. out. Um, but we think that health care costs uh, and, and the way they're rising, the way they're becoming increasingly unaffordable is really one of the most important issues in the Bloomington community. And we have um, thought about this in relation to a poll conducted for Communities United by the University of Connecticut, which says that seven out of 10 people in the Bloomington community who they polled um, thought that that was a high priority and something that they were concerned about. Uh, as far as why this event rather than some other event, we're going to try and do it all. But we needed to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. We're working about as fast as I think that we can. And how often do these things uh, in your timeline, how often would they take place? We'd like to have one every two weeks or so. Really? Yeah. And wow. we would like to see if, uh, if we can get people interested and to know about them and to come to these events. And we'll host them as frequently as people want them. And the notion is to provide this sort of access to information from some sort of expert or something or someone who's working on an issue and then provide some concrete information to the layperson on what they can do to address particular – I mean to start off with healthcare, that's a big thing to take off right off the bat. Yeah, that's huge. And um, that's why I think it's important for us to partner with local organizations. There's so much going on on the grassroots level in the Bloomington area, and I'm just starting really to understand that. I lucked into a meeting with this Hoosiers for a Common Sense Health Plan, um, and they have such an interesting proposal, and they're trying to get Vi Simpson to advocate for them in the state legislature as she proposes some kind of solution to the looming health care crisis. And... Um, and we do not have all the expertise that we need. And that's why we need to find people in the Bloomington community who can give that big picture expertise that we lack. What we can offer uh, is, is space and information and a real desire to make change in the community. Now, I'm interested. Um, you don't often hear of a group that specifically targets the middle class. What's the genesis of that focus? Well, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. Um, the way in which the middle class is defined by Communities United is people within 15 percent of the median income for the community that we're working in. Mm-hmm. A more informal way that I think about the middle class is people who are living paycheck to paycheck, people who are doing OK. They might be able to make ends meet, but nothing calamitous, nothing terrible better happen to them because they don't have any reservoir to pay mm-hmm. for uh, things that they haven't factored into their weekly or their monthly mm-hmm. budget. Um, I was talking to Dan Taylor at the Hoosier Hills Food Bank, who's an acquaintance of mine, and and I was trying to explain to him what Communities United is about. And I was saying to him, it must be so gratifying to work for the food bank, which provides essential services to people. And uh, Dan responded by saying, yes, it is gratifying, obviously, to work in that that line. But one of the great things that Communities United can do, and Dan pointed this out to me, is that we can make change through the political process on a big level. And if we can do that, if we can strengthen the middle class, then maybe there will be less need for the kind of essential services that organizations need to provide. And there will probably be never a time when all these essential services will be unnecessary. But, boy, we would like to minimize that in this community. So to strengthen some sort of uh, security net, uh, as it were, so that these social services don't need to be drawn upon. Right. So they don't need to be stretched quite so tightly. Mm-hmm. I want to remind our listeners, if they're just joining us, we're speaking with uh, Andrew Libby, the director of Communities United to Strengthen America. It's a group that's uh, just opened up shop here in uh, Bloomington. They also have an office in uh, Evansville and in South Bend. If you have a comment or question that you'd uh, like to offer, the number here in Bloomington is 855-0811. Toll free outside the Bloomington area, 877-285-9348. And the email address is noon at indiana.edu. Now, maybe you could uh, talk a little bit about some of the surprises, some of the education that you've gone through as you've sort of started up over the past couple of weeks. That is, a, that is a, an interesting question. I have learned a lot 
working for Communities United since I began on May 1st. Um, one of the things I've learned is how many organizations there are out there in Bloomington that are working for the interests of the middle class right now. And, uh, for instance, I was able to get in contact with the White River Central Labor Council, or I talked to some people over at the United Way. Um, and I find that there's such a reservoir of great people in the Bloomington community, all of whom are trying to strengthen um, the middle class or work for people who are vulnerable, mm-hmm. who are having trouble making ends meet. Um, and that's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, perhaps a, a less pleasant surprise is some of the suspicion about Communities United Strength in America that we are a partisan organization, that we work in favor of one particular party or one particular candidate. I don't know how to respond to that at the moment other than to say that that's not who we are. That's not who we intend to be. And my best response is please watch us. Watch what we do. Keep us in your sights and make us accountable. What we try to do is make government policy in Washington transparent and accountable to and responsive to the needs of the people. And I think we should be held to the exact same high standards. Now, how does this work if you've got uh, 14 centers uh, across the state, across the country, uh, four of them in the, in the Midwest and three in Indiana? How does that translate to national action? There is hope that uh, Communities United will expand. I believe that they that the national organization would like us to be such a success that we have such an easy job fundraising that we're able to open community resource centers all across the country. Um, as of now, there are 12 that are up and operational, and I believe that the that the concrete specific plan for the near future is to have 23 up and operational. And again, these are scattered throughout the country, everywhere from Albuquerque, New Mexico, to Lakewood, Colorado, to Davenport, Iowa, to here in Bloomington, to Enfield, uh, Connecticut, and down in town, Pennsylvania. Uh, I think that one of the ways that Communities United will be able to expand is if we're a success. And I think that we measure our success by our ability to bring people into our community resource center and to do some good in the community. Okay. It's interesting to look at these different centers around uh, Indiana in particular. I mean, Indiana, uh, Bloomington is well known, I think, in the state for having one of the most uh, horrible ratios of income to housing expense uh, in large part because of the university here. I would assume that you and the folks in Evansville and the folks in uh, South Bend are addressing radically different, in many cases, radically different economic problems. Yes, I think that that's right. Um, for instance, in South Bend, I think one of the issues that they are addressing is the toll road um, that is currently in the news. And I'm not very well informed about the toll road and what the politics of the toll road are. But my understanding is that if you live in South Bend, you are. That is the issue that is hot for you in your community. One of the issues that I think is affecting Bloomington, uh, and it might also be affecting Evansville and South Bend, Uh, are the proposed cuts in the federal budget in Pell Grants. There Mm -hmm. is a a plan to cut $12.7 billion from uh, Pell Grant and other student loan funding over the next five years. This is an issue that I think is especially important for Bloomington, uh, for middle-class families who are trying to pay for college tuition, as well as because we're a university town um, and the success of this town very much hinges on on the success of the university. Um, So... I don't know what all the hot issues are in all the various communities, but I do think that they're slightly different and that each community resource center needs to tailor its education events, its town hall forums, uh, or whatever is planned to address these specific needs. I think the common thread is that all of the issues that we address, we think of as putting the squeeze on middle-class families. Okay. We'll come back to this in just a second, but we do have a caller on the line. Let's go to Pat. Hello? Hello. Hi, go ahead. Um, I I am wondering if the Community Resource Center has a phone or an address, uh, or is it it something that you would contact to find out more information? Thank you for asking. Uh, Yes, we have an actual physical location with phones and addresses. We are at 409 South Walnut Street. Mm Mm-hmm. Our phone number, our office number is 339-9820. Okay. And you can email us, uh, and you can email me directly, and uh, my email address is andrew at communities-united.org. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and that's a great question because we really want people to get in touch with us. We had our first drop-by visitor in our community resource center yesterday. It was very exciting for us. We all stood around, <laughs> crowded around him and talked to him and asked him what he wanted and what we could do for him. And he just yeah. wanted to, to talk and discuss his view of Bloomington and the middle class and of our mission here in the, in the community. Um, you have hours. We do. After our open house, after June oh, after 27th, June. we will be open from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. We will okay. Al- well, that's wonderful. We'll also be passing out information at the farmer's market starting this Saturday. All right. Very good. Thank Th- you very much. Thank you for your call, Pat. I appreciate it. And again, if you have a comment or question for our guest, Andrew Libby, the number is 855 Toll free outside the Bloomington area, 877-285-9348. Okay. I got to ask some more. And the email address. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Noon at indiana.edu. Okay. I'm still trying to get my brain around the framework or exactly how this works. So uh, you're going to have to do fundraising uh, in order to, to you know meet your expenses. Will you have memberships or how is that going to work? Fortunately, we here in Bloomington don't have to dirty our hands with the fundraising effort. That all takes place far out of sight on the national level. Um, We will – our national representatives will go around mainly to private individuals and philanthropic organizations and tell them what we're doing and say, Mm -hmm. look, this is the kind of community outreach that we're doing. These are the number of people that we've talked to. This is the the kind of events that we've hosted and the attendance that we've had at these events and hopefully persuade people that we're making a real difference Mm -hmm. Um, and persuading not just people but people with money that we're making (laughs) a difference so that they will continue to to donate and and to contribute to the sustainability of Communities United. In, this, in terms of the setup of the organization, are you looking for volunteer assistance? That is a great question, and I can't believe I was so remiss as to leave that out. Um, an organization like ours will not succeed without a strong volunteer base. That is essential to our success. And uh, we've listed our organization with the Bloomington Volunteer Network and a variety of really great local sources that highlight volunteer needs. We will take volunteers of any uh, any kind of any ability of any interest, we could use people to help staff our office to talk to walk-in visitors. But one of our most important needs, and I think one of the most rewarding parts of uh, of being associated with Communities United, is help in canvassing and outreach. And that means going out to the neighborhoods around Bloomington asking some questions, talking to people, and hearing their stories, and listening to what it is that 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 they need. Um, there are all sorts of examples of people's interesting stories that we uh, that Communities United across the country has accumulated. We've started our community outreach yesterday um, and are hoping to talk to hundreds, thousands of people in, in the next few months. But we can't do that without more feet on the ground. So anyone who's interested in canvassing uh, and promoting the economic interests of the middle class and the issues that we think are important to the middle class, we could use you and we could use you. A lot. Okay. And we'll get to the uh, number and, and uh, email address again before the end of the program should anyone want to uh, volunteer and, and help out your effort. We have a, a break to take in just a minute, but first we have a phone call I want to get to, and uh, let's talk with Jim. Hey. Hello. Yeah, this is Jim. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I'm getting some background noise. Uh, from... Yeah, well, I, I've been hearing the program twice. <laughs> okay. Am I on there now? Yes, uh uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. uh, I didn't get in on the first minute or so, so would you review the guest's uh, interest in where his money comes from and and the organizations? And also, uh, as a matter of history, in uh, 56, I worked on quite a few sections of the uh, Indiana Toll Road, and now the Maine's given it away. I'll take my answer on the uh, radio. All right. Thanks for calling, Jim. All right, just to recap, for those who may have missed the first couple of minutes of the program, our guest is uh, Andrew Libby. He's the executive director of Communities uh, United to Strengthen America and the resource center associated with that group here in Bloomington. And, Andrew, I'll let you explain your mission. Uh, Our mission is to reach out to the Bloomington community and talk to them about issues we think are important to middle-class families. And we've identified those issues as quality, affordable health care, retirement security, and economic prosperity. And our hope at Communities United to Strengthen America is to host education events at our Community Resource Center to respond to those needs that we're finding through our community outreach programs. 
succinctly put. Thanks. <laughs> Thank I'm getting you. practiced at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. We'll come back to uh, more of the program. We're about at the halfway mark right now. If you have a comment or question, 855-0811. Toll free outside the Bloomington area, 877-285-9348 or noon at indiana.edu. We'll be back with our guest, Andrew Libby, in just a moment. You're listening to Noon Edition on member-supported WFIU. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home office and garage, using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2 owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. And from South Dunn Street Project, represented by Brian Lappin Real Estate, classic bungalow-inspired architecture in the Bryan Park neighborhood of Bloomington, www.southdunnstreet.info. A subcommittee of the U.S. House of Representatives has voted to cut $115 million from public broadcasting's federal funding. At this point in the appropriations process, public broadcasting's overall budget remains roughly $122 million below current year funding levels. As a result, public television and radio stations would see reductions in funds for programming and other community services. This reduction eliminates the funds needed by public broadcasting to enable digital operations and to distribute programming by satellite to local stations. You can register your opinions with your representatives at tellthempublicmatters.org. That's one word, tellthempublicmatters.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Will Murphy filling in for uh, Bob Zaltzberg, who is away, I believe, in Arizona this week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, we hope he is doing well and enjoying the climate down there. But don't go rob his house. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought to mention that, but that's good advice. Uh, our guest today is Andrew Libby, the director of uh, Communities United to Strengthen America, the office here in Bloomington. And uh, if you have a comment or question for Andrew, the number is 855-0811. Toll-free outside the Bloomington area, 877-285-9348. And the email address is noon at indiana.edu. And Andrew, I'd like to know a little bit more about you and how you came to this position. And uh, are you from this area or a different area? Just all about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's easy. Well, let's just sit back and storytell for a while. <laughs> um, I've been in Bloomington for 10 years, uh, and I feel very much like a native plant here after Mm -hmm. that amount of time. Uh, I came to IU uh, to be part of the university. I was in the graduate program uh, in English at IU. I completed my dissertation in English in 2003 and have been teaching at IU ever since. Uh, But I was facing somewhat of a personal dilemma, which was, do I pursue an academic path? Uh, And if so, what does that mean in terms of Bloomington? And I did a little bit of a gut check, and I have a wife and kids here in town. And we decided this was the community where we wanted to stay, where our friends are. We really love this community. We think it's a special place. Um, And we we wanted to stay here and raise our family here. So... uh, Once we knew that, I was looking for a a meaningful way to work here in Bloomington, and I had the the great uh, fortune of coming across this uh, position with Communities United. And so though it's it's hard to leave the university and all the great uh, things associated with the university, uh, this seemed to me to be a a job that I felt like I was uniquely qualified for because it let me stay in Bloomington and advocate for issues that I think are really important. Okay. And I had another question backing up a little bit, um, just discussing how the uh, organization is actually going to implement advocacy. I I understand that you won't endorse specific candidates for office, but will you lobby existing legislators? Uh, I don't see that as part of our plan right now to lobby exist uh, legislators on particular agendas that they are putting forth. I think what we will do um, is provide information for the Bloomington community at large. So if they wanted to come into the Community Resource Center and say, hey, what do you think the issues are that are affecting the middle class and what kind of current legislation is pending um, that addresses these issues and how did our elected officials vote on these issues? That is the kind of information that we will provide. In fact, we will even provide pens, 
letters, stamps, not letters, but pieces of paper for letters to be on envelopes so that people can write to their elected officials because part of our mission is to make sure that the elected representatives are responsive to the needs of the community. So we'll help to organize that for citizens on an individual basis, but as an organization, we won't be doing any lobbying efforts. So do you take an actual stand or it's just pure facilitation? We take a stand. We'll say something like this is an issue that we think is a uh, is, is an economic decision made by the, the national government, the Congress, that is against the economic interests of the middle class. And I can give an example of that. Okay, good. Um, keeping the 2001 and 2003 tax cuts made permanent. Mm-hmm. is an issue that we don't think or is a stand that we don't think is in, in the best interest of the middle class. And mm-hmm. if I could just quote a statistic really quickly, I'll be happy sure. to do that. Um, according to the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, if the 2001 and 2003 tax cut policies are made permanent, $930 billion, 29 percent of the tax cuts total value would go to the top 1 percent, 1.5 million of households. Meanwhile, those in the bottom 60 percent, 87 million households, would receive 14 percent of the tax cuts or $434 billion, which is less than half the amount that would go to the top 1 percent. Um, so when we see an issue like that, when we, say, when we see a, a legislative priority like that coming out of Washington, that raises our hackles. Mm-hmm. And we say that's not in the economic interest of the majority of Americans. And that's an issue that we'd like to educate people about and say, you know, if you feel the same as us, We'll give you the opportunity. We will facilitate the best we can an opportunity for you to respond to the national government and say, hey, that's not in my economic self-interest. Please change your policies. We have a couple of uh, callers who have been waiting very patiently, and I'm grateful for that. Let's go first to Iris. Hello. Hi. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. This is Iris. Mm -hmm. I would uh, like to return to the last caller's question and to ask what the sources of funding are for this program. Uh, Okay. The uh, seed money for Communities United to Strengthen America comes from AFSME, which is the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees. Uh, We also receive funding from the widest circle of private and philanthropic donors that we can. Fundraising is continuous. Like many, if not all, uh, startup nonprofits, our funding situation is something that that we're concerned about and something that we're very attentive to. And what we want to do is make a difference in local communities. And if we're able to do that, I think we'll be able to justify our continued sustainability and funding. Does that answer your question, Iris? Oh, she's listening. All righty. Iris, thank you very much for calling. Yes. All right. Thank you very much. A little time delay there, but we did get the question <laughs> answered. Thank you. And uh, now we go to Ayami. And I'm sorry if I have gotten that incorrect. <laughs> That's okay. Go ahead. What's the name? I'm sorry. Ayami. 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 Okay. Go ahead. Um, I'm wondering, since you are advocating for the middle class, and there are plenty of um, organizations in Bloomington that... Um, are advocating for poverty. What about that working class that sits quite in the middle? Um, and then you, my other question is, you said that you were concerned about affordable health care for middle class, and I feel like that's the same concerns as the working class and poverty in Bloomington. I absolutely agree. I think that what we need to do is work in, in, in connection and in concerted effort with organizations that address the economic interests of the neediest members of the Bloomington community as well as the working class members of the B- Bloomington community. And I'm not sure exactly if there's a perfect distinction between the working class and the middle class. The way that I see the middle class is people who are working, who are working hard and who are working to try and make ends meet but are are fighting an uphill battle. They're swimming upstream because of the policies that are coming out of Washington that are – in, in favor of the wealthiest percentage of Americans and are really leaving the middle class, the working class behind. Um, and I think part of the philosophical origins of our organization is that there's a growing divide between the wealthy and the poor, between the have and the have-nots, and where we at one time had a really sustainable and, uh, and full middle class, that middle class is shrinking, and more and more people are falling into poverty and out of the middle class or working class. So I think very much that I agree with what you're saying about uh, advocating for the working class interest as well as for the neediest members of the Bloomington area. 
And in in the canvassing of the neighborhoods, will you also be canvassing, say, apartment complexes and other places where there are more working class than, say, middle class or upper middle class? Yes, we will be canvassing all over Bloomington. We will be canvassing apartment complexes, houses, um, and all sorts of neighborhoods. We'd also be more than happy if you don't get a knock from us for you to come to our community resource center and talk to us. We will do our best to seek you out, but I think... One thing that would help our organization and would help the Bloomington community is if we don't find you, please come seek us out and tell us what's important to you and how we can help. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your phone call. Uh, just in the interests of clarity and transparency, I guess I should ask, uh, you've talked about how the centers are located in part because uh, they, those districts are particularly contested in congressional races. Um, can you provide any sort of guarantee for folks who are listening who might want to get involved that the issues you address will genuinely be brought forth at the local level as opposed to some national leader saying, hey, this looks like a hot issue in the election. We need to address this. I can say that we have no plans and no intent um, to address issues that aren't local concerns, and but local concerns that pivot on national legislation. Mm-hmm. So what we are trying to do is connect up national priorities and national legislation, le- legislative priorities with what's happening to people in this community. So we're looking at a national local connection. As to whether or not we will go on the offensive and attack candidates, we will not. It is against the law for us to endorse candidates, and I think it's against the spirit of Communities United to attack. What we want to do is to inform and educate. And again, since we're a startup organization with no track record, I think the best thing that I can say to uh, everyone is please watch us. Please become involved with us. Please keep tabs on us, and we will prove to you that we are nonpartisan issues advocacy as we say that we are. But I get the impression from that response that It will be kind of a two-way conduit that you'll be gathering input at the local level, talking to national folks and other offices around the state and the region. And from that, there might be some sort of concerted strategy about these issues are important to South Central Indiana, and we'll talk about them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We have a national research organization, and we send up research requests, uh, but they also send down research to us that they have compiled that they think will be beneficial to us as we address the issues of the local community. So it is a two-way street. We hear from them. We hear from the sort of eagle's eye perspective that they provide. Hey, these are the issues that we see. Um, in the national organization, they've been poring over the federal budget and looking um, for all kinds of information that we can use in the local community. And then here locally on the ground, we say, hey, what you've sent us is important, but this is really the information that we need. Can you tell us what uh, some statistics or, or some uh, votes in, in, in Congress that you think are, are, are relating to the issues that uh, we're hearing about from people here in the community? Will you be taking uh, this information into the races at the statewide level? Uh, I don't think so. That's also not part of our, our plan. We are very much interested in how state legislation affects people in the local community. But our real emphasis and attention is on national legislation. I think that there are lots of important ways that we could uh, address this problem of economic self-interest for the middle class. And this is the way that we've chosen. This this may not be your bailiwick. It may be the bailiwick of the person in South Bend. But I find it intriguing that they're going to address the toll road issue, for example, uh, which is is largely a state issue. So I, I'm intrigued by that. That's true. And that may be one of those gray areas where what they do is they find out, hey, this is what people are talking about. Let's talk about how this local issue affects uh, our local community. And whether or not they're going to address the toll road issue, I'm not certain of that. I do know that that is something that's being talked about in South Bend by, by people in the community. Mm-hmm. Okay. One issue that I suspect, I don't know, but I suspect will be part of the uh, – campaign at the national and state level this uh, next election will be the war in Iraq, um, something that clearly affects uh, folks all across the country in all demographic, but I would say particularly in the middle class, working class, and poor sectors of the economy. Uh, is that something you'll get into, or are you focusing strictly on 
things that could be identified strictly as economic issues. Right. It's hard to avoid the Iraq war as a political issue. Um, and I think that it's going to be part of every conversation that people in, in all communities across the country have. It is not something that we're going to address directly. We're going to try and stay focused on a, a few core issues for us. And that doesn't mean that these issues are insignificant or that there isn't a link between the economic interests of the middle class and the Iraq war. Um, but we have limits as to what we can do and what we want to do is address the issues that we identify as important and that the people in the community tell us are important um, as best we can. And I think that at some point we're going to have to be selective and we may not be able to address all the issues that are political issues of the day. Hmm. Okay. We have another caller on the line. Let's go to Virginia. Um, hello. I'd recently heard a rumor that they were going to make the toll road uh, on on 37 between Bloomington and Martinsville. I was wondering if you could confirm that or not. I have heard that that is uh, uh, an idea that is being bandied about, but I don't have any details about that. Uh, I know that there are people involved with Citizens for Appropriate Rural Roads, um, a few representatives with whom I met last week, um, and they were telling me that that is uh, a plan that is, that is, that is uh, being talked about on the state level. Um, but as far as Communities United's involvement in that issue, right now we're, we're not involved with that, um, although if it comes to pass and it becomes an issue that affects the economic interests of the middle class here, um, we may attach ourselves in some way um, after we study the issue a little bit more. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Virginia. I would think that, uh, again, if you have to pay to go to Martinsville, if uh, not from Martinsville to Indianapolis, which is mm -hmm. sort of the proviso of, the, of things as it's set up in the legislation, um, I could see that as becoming a very significant uh, economic issue for folks who drive to Indianapolis uh, for their employment or conversely drive to Bloomington from Martinsville. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. If you're paying a toll every time you try to get on the road from Indianapolis to, to Bloomington, that is certainly going to be an issue that affects the, the middle class. I was stunned by some of the numbers that were cited in this uh, uh, report that you issued fairly recently uh, on the impact of the, of the federal budget. You alluded to the cuts in, in uh, Pell Grants and that sort of thing. But the ramifications in Bloomington, 1,900 students unable to atten uh, obtain the tuition assistance they need. There's some, some, some radical numbers there. Yeah, the uh, numbers were compiled by the Fiscal Planning Services Incorporated of Bethesda, Maryland, and this is an independent source of fiscal information. And they provide these sort of number-crunching services to nonprofits, to corporations, and to state and local government organizations. They are independent and nonpartisan, and um, you can also check some of their information, and I have uh, – I should make sure that I'm saying this correctly, but there's a website called fedfacts.com, F-E-D-F-A-C-T-S.com, um, and that's a place where you can confirm some of the statistics that have been compiled by this fiscal services. Okay. Um, I would think that you'd have to have a kind of a uh, work toward establishing some relationships with some of the larger institutions in the uh, Bloomington area. If you're talking about the working poor uh, uh, or, or the working class, the middle class, uh, a relationship with the folks at Indiana University, some of the big players uh, in, the, in the community is going to be part of your mandate. Yes, I think part of what I've been trying to do for the past month as I've been on this job is to figure out who in Bloomington we can partner with. Um, and there are all sorts of organizations. Ivy Tech um, with all the work they do mm -hmm. in, in, in vocational education uh, and, and Work One with all the work they do with job retraining. Um, there are services at the Bloomington Hospital, and of course, there are lots of services at the city of Bloomington. Um, and part of my job is to be going out, meeting people, saying, what kind of services do you provide? Are there any gaps in these services that we might be able to fulfill or any ways that what we do might benefit what it is that you're currently doing? Okay. Uh, I want to remind our listeners we have about 10 minutes left in the program. If you have a comment or question for our guest, Andrew Libby, best to get in early as we have only a few more minutes in this hour. The number is 855-0811. Toll free outside the Bloomington area, 877-285-9348. And the email address, if you'd like to send in a comment or question that way, is noon at indiana.edu. Is, is it too early to ask what you have planned for your July event? 
Uh, no. Uh, are you referring to the one on July 12th, the, yeah. uh, the health care yes. event? Yes. We yes. are going to be showing with Hoosiers for a Common Sense Health Plan the movie uh, Big Money, Big Pharma, and then having a discussion after that. Um, I hope that we'll also be able to do a community education event based on the one in South Bend on gas prices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that later in July, we'd also like to do a community education event on retirement security to talk about what are the current options on the table in Washington, what kind of legislative choices are being debated, and then are there practical steps that people who don't have a lot of savings or haven't been able to accumulate a lot of savings uh, might take that would be smart for them in the long run. We we talked earlier in the show about housing costs in Bloomington being – by comparison, quite high. Is that another uh, topic you have planned for discussion in the future? As part of our survey, we didn't have housing costs as one of the options, but mm-hmm. we also asked people, you know, are there things that you're concerned about that we haven't mentioned? So if we find out that housing costs are really something that people can't afford um, and that's a real economic priority for them, we will certainly try and, and structure some kind of community education event along those lines. I think in August, as students return to school, we might try and focus on this question of Pell Grant funding and how to pay for college tuition. We may try to, as Will was saying, we need to partner with people. Maybe we'll bring folks in from Ivy Tech and from IU, um, from the offices of financial aid, and ask them what the reality is of the situation for IU students who can and who can't afford for college tuition right now. Um, um, and what are the options for people who have to be creative to figure out how to finance their college education? So then do you envision your office as also being a, a resource center so people can come in and you'll have, um, you know, I don't know, just pamphlets or, or you know, any other sources of information that they can access at your site? Absolutely. I was uh, at the city of Bloomington at Showers yesterday, and uh, I was talking to Nancy Woolery, the uh, health projects coordinator. And as I was wandering through her office, I saw that she had all these pamphlets out. And one of the pamphlets was Hoosier, Hoosier HealthWise mm-hmm. um, and how to enroll for Hoosier HealthWise. That's what I envisioned for our community resource center as well, that people can come in and say, I'm concerned about enrolling myself or my children in uh, health care. And this is how much money I have. What we'll do uh, on one level is refer them to the experts, but um, we'll also have information there that hopefully we can explain to them and say, okay, here's a practical solution to your real concrete dilemma. I know a lot of um, older people have been really struggling with uh, the new health care plan that they need to sign up for, and and some people, just because they're uh, having a problem with it, have missed one deadline. There's another looming. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that – would you facilitate, for example, um, uh, some experts – uh, for people to meet with um, to find out what might be the best plan for them? Is that the type of event you would uh, try to host? That is exactly the type of event that we'll try and host. In fact, I'm talking to someone with Air- from Area 10 Center on Aging this coming Monday, and we're going to try to figure out a time to talk about um, this Plan D Medicare benefit and the 1% penalty and Mm -hmm. what that means and how that's affecting seniors and is it too late to sign up and at what point is it too late to sign up and and is there any potential that we could uh, write some letters to Congress to get them to repeal the 1 percent penalty, which is hurting um, a lot of seniors, Mm -hmm. uh, especially those seniors who are the most vulnerable, the least well-informed, the least able to get access to have signed up and who may think it's too late to Mm -hmm. sign up for the uh, national health plan. So that is exactly the kind of event that we'd like to host. And what I'm starting to realize as I day by day in this job is that, oh, my goodness, there are community education events begging to be held, that there are so many issues that are affecting the middle class and affecting people's economic self-interest and people really are getting squeezed and that there are so many ways that we might be able to help. And it's going to hopefully, if if all goes well, it's going to be a really busy time for us at the Resource Center. It seems to me – First of all, that you're facing the dilemma that I face on a daily basis as a reporter, which is on Monday you have to know about Medicare Part D. On Tuesday you have to know Mm -hmm. about housing policy in Bloomington. On Wednesday you have to know this. It's a daunting task in front of you. But – And yet you make it look so easy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask uh, about the whole network of of organizations like yours or with similar mandates. I mean if you look at Bloomington, it it really has almost an ecosystem of agencies Mm -hmm. that all interrelate, that cooperate um, because to some degree there is an interrelation between a number of factors like poverty, drug use, mental illness, a whole host of issues, tax policy, housing, etc. As you jump into this pond of social service agencies, 
Um, do you find yourself kind of bumping elbows? How are you finding your fit there? And is there duplication? How are you avoiding that? Well, first, in terms of becoming uh, acquainted and knowledgeable about a whole range of issues, we're going to uh, simplify our plan. We are simply going to send a direct email to you every day, Will, and say, <laughs> Will, here is the, here is the list of, of 19 issues that I don't know anything about and what that I have to know us? about. Right. <laughs> Give me the straight scoop. Right. My email address is Zaltzberg at heraldteam.com. We are finding that there are tons of social service networks here or social service organizations here in Bloomington and that each of them has a really unique and important function. I don't feel so far that I've been bumping elbows with anyone. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, Over time, it it, it may come out that there are other organizations that are advocating for the same issues that we are. But my hope is that um, we'll be able to pool our resources and we'll be able to partner with these organizations that will hopefully facilitate making their jobs easier. So Mm -hmm. if we become something of a central clearinghouse in some ways for organizations that are dealing with health care issues, that would be great. If they wanted to host events at our community resource center, our doors are open to them. If they will lend us their expertise – um, we will gladly take advantage of that. It seems so you could conceivably get a phone call from from an agency or a branch of the city that says, look, we've got this program. We're trying to get the word out about it. Um, can you help us do that? And that would be could... a dream come true. Okay. I would feel like we had become a success if that were to happen. Okay. Uh, we have just a couple of minutes uh, left here uh, in the program, and I make, want to make sure that we don't uh, neglect to, to – advise people how to get in touch with you, what you've got coming up. Maybe rep- mm-hmm. uh, repetitive for some folks who've been here since the outset, but I think it's important to repeat that. First of all, the address and the phone number and the web address. Yes, we are at 409 South Walnut Street. That is the address for the Bloomington Communities United Resource Center for Communities United to Strengthen America. Our phone number is 339-9820. My cell phone number, which I'll keep uh, my cell phone on immediately after this interview uh, for the duration, is 812-760-4164. And uh, you can check out Communities United on the web as well, www.communities-united.org, and you can click on the Bloomington link. Uh, We are hosting an open house from noon to 6 on June 27th. That's a week from this coming Tuesday. Uh, The mayor, Mark Cruzan, will be offering some public comments and we'll be doing a ceremonial ribbon cutting. And we'll be hosting our community education events starting in July. Our first one is scheduled for July 12th and it's on health care. And we'll be showing the movie Big Money, Big Pharma, as well as having a discussion afterwards. And our community outreach coordinators are scouring the city looking for people to talk to and to find out the needs of the community. And we hope that they talk to you. And if they don't reach you, we hope that you come in and talk to us. That's very good to to mention them in case somebody gets somebody showing up at their door and they don't know what that's about. That's what that's about. That's right. Let's mention very quickly, uh, you also are showing up at Farmer's Market tomorrow. Is that right? That's right. We'll have a booth at the Farmer's Market tomorrow. We'll be distributing information for anybody who's interested. Great. All righty. Well, I want to thank you, uh, Andrew, for joining us this afternoon. Our guest has been uh, Andrew Libby, the Executive Director of uh, Communities United to Strengthen America here in Bloomington. On behalf of co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael, producer Catherine Hageman, and engineer Mike Pashkash, and the currently vacationing Bob Salzberg, I'm Will Murphy. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and The Herald Times. 